Jesus up high tonight, amen? That's right, and if you're here to do that tonight, we invite you to sing that chorus with us again. We say, move, let worship turn into revival. Come on, will you do that tonight with us? Come on, sing it. Lift your voice. Come on and sing, move. Holy Spirit, oh, move. Let justice like a river. Let worship turn into revival and lead us back to your home. Oh, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now With no waiting The same God was never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Say it
Cause I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify, come on, the name of all names. Nothing can save me, can come on and sing it. I choose to praise, that's right, to glorify, glorify, the name of all names. We declare it tonight. Nothing can stand. Come on, sing it again. And I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand chaos. And I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand chaos. Oh yeah. In the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Oh, all my days. Yes, I will sing all my days. Declare tonight that we will, amen. Devote yourselves tonight.
sing it again. Sing, God, you're so good. God, you're so we sing
are, you're always good. You never fail us. You never turn your back on us. You never give us a deaf ear. Your hand is not so short that it cannot reach us. Lord, you go into the miry clay to get us. Father, you've gone into territory that, Lord, we were ashamed to be at, yet you entered to bring us out. God, we thank you because you're a forgiving God. You're a loving God. You're a restoring God. God, you are the God that transforms and makes things new. You're the God that makes everything new again. And Father God, nothing is lacking because of you. Father, we thank you because, Lord, you have met our every need through Jesus Christ. You didn't just forgive us, Father God. You make us have an abundant life. A life filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and long-suffering. Father God, you give us your Holy Spirit. Father, that you would choose to live in our life is overwhelming because we don't even like living with us sometimes. But God, thank you for taking residence in our life. Thank you for driving out every evil spirit out of our life. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for healing our bodies. Thank you for healing our relationships. Thank you, Father God, for providing our every need from vehicles to housing to clothing, education. God, you just meet our every need. Thank you. Thank you for being a God of second and third and one million chances that, God, your grace abounds forever. But we don't ever want to take advantage of that grace. We know that, God, we have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, God, today we ask that you renew us and make us whole. Father God, for everyone in this room and everyone watching online, I pray your peace, love, and grace over us. And I pray all these things and many, many more in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord and all of God's people that agree, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the spirit of worship. You were given communion elements when you came through the front door. If you're going to take participate with communion with us, if you need them, just raise your hand. But in the night that the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this all of you and eat it. For this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He wants us to remember his long suffering. He wants us to remember that our sin put him on the cross. He wants us to remember that he died to free us of our sin. He wants to re remind us that he loves us and cares about us. So whether we have this premeditated sin and we're already planning it out or it's one of those things that we just fall right in a hole because we're not watching and paying attention. Tonight we say, Father, forgive us for we have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. But because of the grace of God, the mercy of God, we hold on to this bread knowing that you forgive us. We pray in Jesus' name, this is the body of Christ, you may eat the bread. He likewise took the cup. After giving thanks, he said, take this all of you and drink from it, for it is my blood. The blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no protection. There's no shield from us failing and falling. 
Without the blood, there's no power over the wicked forces that come against us. For it is the blood of Jesus that makes us whole. So, Father, we hold a cup in our hand that represents your blood, and we do so tonight, believing that the blood of Jesus has broke the chains of bondage over our life. So we drink this cup of freedom in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You may drink of the cup. Would you stand with me again and just sing this glorious song? Because he is so, so good. He's abundantly good. And he wants to overwhelm you with his goodness tonight. So don't fight it anymore. Surrender to his love. Amen? Amen. Sing it out with us. Thank you, Pastor Mike and worship team. Oh, sing it out and say it. You're so good. Yes, you are. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Oh, worship him and tell him. Neighbors hear us you are so good. There are no words that can explain how thankful and grateful that we are. That we have a God, a Father who loves and cares for us so much. Who would send their son to be sacrificed for someone like us when we didn't even deserve it in the first place but you did because you love us. And you don't need us, you want us. You want us to be a part of that family. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time of worship. Lord, we open our hearts and our minds to you. God, speak to us. Speak to us and minister to us in a way that only we can understand. You know how we understand just thank you. We praise you for everything that you're doing, all that you are doing and all that you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give God a shout of praise just one more time for how good he is. Amen. Wow. You guys may be seated. And while you guys are seated, why don't you just meet uh, one or two people?
shake hands and say, I'm so glad to see you tonight. Amen, amen. Church, you may be seated. Wow, and why don't we just give it up for the worship team one more time, too, for leading us into the Lord's presence, amen? Awesome. Well, thank you guys for showing up tonight. We're so glad that you guys are here to join us uh, for a night of worship and just for a night of teaching. Um, I, the last thing I want to do is embarrass anybody, but I have a question. Is anyone visiting our church for the very first time tonight? Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Like I said, I don't want to embarrass you, but we just want to say welcome. We're, we thank God that you're here. Um, and if you're tuning in online for the first time uh, as well, we, we, we just welcome you. Um, church, we're so thankful for everything that's going on at our church. Uh, a lot of everything that we do here uh, couldn't be done without you guys, uh, honestly. Uh, everything that we do here as a community, um, it, it just works. God makes it work through us. Um, so uh, before we get started, just to catch you up on a couple of things, a few things that are happening uh, this week. Um, this week, this coming Saturday, is Trunk or Treat. We've been pushing it. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's an awesome time. Uh, Trunk or Treat is so awesome. Uh, I love doing it every year. The cars are parked out there. The kids are, are trick-or-treating. They're getting candy. But mo- more importantly, it's a big outreach for our church. And not that we're trying to, you know, be, be this big, huge thing. We're not trying to get anyone's attention. But when people do come, it's such a big, important thing about outreach. We're reaching out to the community, this, these neighborhoods that live be, uh, around us. The people that you guys invite, while their kids are trick-or-treating, we're also fellowshipping. And we're, we're, we're sharing uh, love and our burdens. And um, we're just having a good time with our church family. And then reaching out to the, to the like I said, the community who is here. Um, sharing the love of Christ with them as well. It's such a big opportunity um, for our city. Um, we still need candy for that as well. So if you, if you are so kind, if you have an extra bag of candy sitting around at home, not from last Halloween, not from last Trunk or Treat. <laughs> it's probably no good. <laughs> but if you just have a bag of candy at home or even two, if you would be so kind, if, if, you wanted, if you're not going to eat it or whatever, if you want to donate it to the kids' ministry so that we can have candy to pass out on Saturday, that would be awesome. Uh, any donation is, is welcome, even if it's not candy. If you just want to give us, uh, donate uh, five bucks to, so that we can go get candy, that's cool too, whatever works. Um, but if you're donating, we just thank you so much. Um, you can drop off that candy during office hours from 8 to 5, I think it is, 8 to 5 during office hours. Or you can talk to Miss Jessica uh, just across the way after service um, and work out a deal with her. Uh, but that's going to be awesome. Another thing, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, the 30th, is Baptism Sunday. One of the most amazing. Yeah, definitely give it up for that too. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Baptism Sunday is, uh, is such an amazing time. Um, we, when we do the classes, we describe it as, as your wedding day. You, at, it, just like your wedding day, you're declaring to the world and to witnesses above, uh, around you that you are claiming Christ as your own, that you, you are saying that you are his and he is yours, and that you are going to follow him for the rest of your life, that he died for your sins, 
and that he is, that he died, that he rose again, and very, very soon he is coming again to take us all home. So that's what baptism is. It's, it's an outward representation of our inward faith. So I want to encourage you, if you just gave your life to Christ uh, just recently, um, and you're and you feel that tug at your heart, that, that that's the next step that you need to take, by all means, we have sign-ups. You can sign up online on our website or on our app or our information booth right when you walk in. They have a sign-up sheet, too, that you can go to. Um, and then even if you, if you gave your life to Christ last year or five years ago and you still haven't gotten baptized, by all means, this is the day to do it. This is the day to do it. No more waiting. No more waiting at all. Um, so that's going on. And then last but not least, uh, this Thursday, tomorrow, we are doing, uh, Pastor Richard and Joshua Manker are leading a men's Bible study uh, here at the church at 6. Definitely, that, awesome, yep, go for it. <laughs> um, we just, that, that's such an awesome group because men of God, we have so many responsibilities in our household um, we, and we're held up to such a high standard as being ahead of the household, and sometimes life can get stressful, or sometimes we feel discouraged. This ministry, this Bible study, is men of God who are trying to encourage each other, who are trying to uh, build each other up, to strengthen each other, so that we can be better men of God for God's kingdom, for our wives, for our households, our friends, our family, and just all around just amazing leaders and warriors of God. Um, so that's happening tomorrow night uh, at 6, right here across the hall in our meeting room. Um, invite someone. Invite your son. Invite your, your nephews, your, grand, your grandsons, or your neighbor's son, or whoever. Um, it's, it's such a great time. Um, but that's just about it. And then last and foremost, uh, we just wanted to say thank you uh, everything that we do here, Trunk or Treat, our other events, that our outreaches, would not be possible without your guys' uh, tithing and giving. We just want to say thank you. Give yourself a round of applause because we would not be here if it wasn't for you guys. Thank you so much for that. And there's so many ways you could guys do text to give. It's super easy. It's just a simple text. Um, you could go to our app if you want to do it that way or our website or if you're old school, if you like to have the cash and you want to see what you're giving physically, we have envelopes and we have drop boxes uh, at the corners of the, of the sanctuary. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much. And without further ado, let's welcome our pastor to the stage. Thank you, AJ. Could I please have all the young people, the 6th grader, the 12th grader, stand real quick? If you're in 6th to 12th grade. Before they're dismissed, let's pray for them. Father, these young people have challenges that some of us don't understand because our world was different back then. Lord, they're here tonight. Some because their parents forced them. Others because they wanted to come. But Father God, I pray that Lord whether they were forced or they came on their own volition, Lord, I pray that they have an encounter with the living God tonight and that, Father, you speak into their heart and that, Lord, they experience a word of God from Brother David and the teachers that are in the youth 
to minister to them supernaturally. I pray in Jesus Christ's name and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Young people, you're dismissed to your class. God is really doing a really neat work with the young people. And, and I mean, they, they really do have challenges we don't even understand, guys. We don't, we didn't go through some of those things. And even some of the weird things we went through, they're a lot weirder now, amen? So pray for them. Guys, I'm back on that study in quest of happiness. We've been going through the Beatitudes, from chapter 5 to chapter 6 of Matthew, we've been looking at what Jesus had to say. And Jesus says that there's one thing that you could always, always know when you're like your heavenly father, and that's when you're a peacemaker. I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 tonight. And it says, God blesses those who work for peace for they will be called the children of God, sons and daughters of God. You will be called a son or daughter of God because you're a peacemaker. Father, help us to learn how to really grab a hold of the missing peace. Not an item, but that peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Man, he is saying that he wants us to be peacemakers those that are actively seeking to resolve conflict, those that are really looking to see what they could do to bring peace in a situation and to just dissolve all that. You see, there's a lot of misunderstanding about peacemakers. There's misunderstanding, and, and I just want to focus on two of them and talk about them for briefly to really understand that we misunderstand what peacemakers are. We have to understand that peacemakers don't avoid issues. Some people think they become doormats. I'm going to be a peacemaker, I'll be a doormat. I let anyone walk all over me, do whatever they want. They just pounce all over me. They hurt me with their words and their actions. And that is not at all what God says about peacemaking. You don't run from the issues. You don't avoid the issues. And another thing is peacemakers don't appease the issues. They don't just say, no, no, that's okay. No, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. And I don't want to fight about it, but we need to resolve this. You can't keep doing this over and over and over. Some of you, for some reason, think that being a doormat is a will of God. Being a doormat is what God called you to do. Being a doormat is a peacemaker. No, it's not. That's called abuse. And some of you are being abused because people are taking advantage of you. They're trampling all over you. They're coming after you, and they're really hurting you, and they're piercing your heart, and they're doing things to you. And, man, you become passive. You're just like, oh, well, that's the way it is. Oh, well, that's the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. You need to say, you know what? I don't want to fight, but I need to let you know the way you treat me is not acceptable. You can't be doing that anymore. You cannot just appease it and act like everything's fine. It's not appeasement. It's not avoiding it. It's actively seeking to resolve conflict and to bring resolution to the situation that's at hand. So then we have to understand that there's reasons that we should be peacemakers. 
God wants us to be peacemakers, and one of the reasons he wants us to be peacemakers is because peacemakers know that unresolved conflict blocks our fellowship with God. When we have issues with someone, and you are still at ought with someone, and you have tension with someone, it really blocks your fellowship with God. The Bible says that you cannot have a close fellowship with God and out of fellowship and be out of fellowship with your fellow man. Yet, we think we could do that all the time. I'll never forget one time someone had hurt me really, really bad. They had said some very, very racist, ugly things to me as a pastor. And they were a pastor. And man, it pierced my heart. And it didn't pierce my heart so much about what they said about me, but what they said about my congregation. And the way they said it, you and your bunch of Mexicans stay on the other side of the river. And I was like, whoa. And I was in shock because I was like, this is a man of God. What's he talking like that? Why is he saying that? And it really offended me. And then I ended up getting bitter and I was angry and I was bitter and I was unforgiving and with that person. And yet I thought I was fine. I could be fine. And I was preaching away to my congregation <coughs> that I loved very, very much. My congregation that I trusted in. My congregation that I really, really would have done anything for. And yet God pierced my heart one day and he said, what, what do you really think that you're right standing just because you're not mad at your congregation, but you're mad at a fellow brother in this city and you are just up there preaching away thinking that you're okay? You're not. You're not a clean vessel, Richard. And I was like, orale. Has God ever confronted you? And he confronts you and he shows you you in the mirror? And you're like, but, but, but did you hear what he said? I know exactly what he said and I'm taking care of that with him, but I need to take care of you with you. Just because you're not in disfellowship with your congregation, you're in disfellowship with that person, and it blocks you from having fellowship with me. First John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, look what it says. If someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow, uh, a fellow believer, that person is a liar. And for if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Man, oh man, oh man. I mean, I really mean this. It knocked me on my knees. And it was a Sunday morning at church when it happened. I was getting ready to share, and the Holy Spirit hit me, and he told me, before you share anything, get right with God. So when I took the pulpit, I said... Uh, there's some sin in my life I need to confess. Man, you should have seen the congregation. They all sat up. Orale! Wonder what he's going to tell us he's been doing. <laughs> Bunch of busybodies. <laughs> and I said, there's a man in this city that I'm very bitter with. And you know what? I love all of you, but I'm not a clean vessel, so forgive me. And I went to the altar and I knelt down. And for the next hour, people were going up to the pulpit and they were saying, man, I'm into pornography, forgive me. I've been gossiping about you, and they'd go to that person and ask them to forgive each other. It was, it was like, wow, man. It was the most powerful move of God, all because I chose to get right. 
it's time we choose to get right. Amen? First John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Look at First John chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. We proclaim to you what ourselves have already seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. So we've got to understand that peacemakers don't let anything separate them from God. Second thing, we have to really understand that peacemakers know that unresolved conflict it prevents answered prayer. When you have unresolved conflict, when you still have some tension, your prayers are not answered. And you know where it starts? At home. Look what he says right there in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Oh, did you have to put that in the Bible? <laughs> oh, I mean, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's, uh, in God's gift of new life. He says, treat her, treat her as you should so that your prayers will not be hindered. He's starting in the home, and he's just saying about wives, but there's other scriptures that talk about don't antagonize your children. Don't get them all crazy and wild. You need to learn how to talk to them. It says to respect your mom and dad and honor your mother and father. See, it talks about how to get along in the household, let alone how to get along outside the household. Because sometimes we spend more uh, time with people at work than we do at home. We spend more time at school than we do at home. We spend more time in organizations sometimes, and it's important that we bring reconciliation and we really get along with each other so our prayers won't be hindered. Another thing, peacemakers know that unresolved conflict hinders our happiness. What's the old saying? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But isn't that the truth? You know what? When, when Cindy and I are having conflict, I'm miserable. And so is she. I mean, it's just not a, a good situation. I mean, there's times that she's left the house upset and, or I've left before her. And on the way to church, here I'm going to come to the office and counsel people and I'm all ticked off. And God says, so what are you going to do about it? And I'm there. I'm going to wait for her to call God. <laughs> and he says, Yoron, crybaby, call her. <sighs> okay. And I call her. And she answers. And she didn't say, hello, pumpkin. Hello, sweetie pie. How are you, baby? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> You ever had those kind of conversations with your spouse or girlfriend or? Yeah. You know, Cindy, we're not enemies, babe. We're on the same team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you were wrong and I was right. No! <laughs> okay, I don't say those things. But you see, when, when you let 
unresolved conflict go, it, it, it takes away your happiness. Look at the book of Job. I, I like love of this verse. Chapter 18, verse 4 says, you may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? <laughs> will it make the rocks tremble? In other words, the saying, you're hurting yourself with anger. Nothing's changing. Resentment just is dumb. It, it just creates more tension and more craziness. So what I want to give you an acrostic, the word peace, P-E-A-C-E, the peace of God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Not like a piece of cake, but a peace of God, the peace of God. And how do we become peacemakers? Well, I, I want to share these five ways that we can really grab hold of that and really resolve conflict, whether it's at home, at work, at school, with friends, with relatives. And, 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 and the first thing we need to do, the P is for the letter plan, the word plan. Plan a peace conference. Plan a, a, a moment where you're going to bring people together to bring peace, where you're going to bring your husband or wife together, your son or your daughter, your whole family, where you're going to bring people together that are in conflict. And you say, we need to do something to make this happen. We need to do something to make sure we clear this up. We need to do something so we don't give Satan a foothold. Amen? Because the longer you carry it, the worse it becomes. And sometimes it's not even serious, but we let it become serious because we don't deal with it. Look what he says right there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. He says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar of the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave the sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. He's saying, that's how serious this is. God is saying, I don't care if you're going to present a sacrifice to me. If you're not even right with your brother, go get right first and then bring your altar sacrifice. This is serious stuff, he says. We've got to take initiative. We've got to take the first step. And it's like, man... Why do I have to always be the one? Because the one closest to God will take the first step. Hear that. The one closest to God will take the first step. But whatever you do, don't say, I'm going to take the first step because I'm closer to God. No, don't do that. But take the initiative. Jesus said to take the initiative. So go, go first. Schedule a meeting. Say, hey, can we sit down and talk face to face? Can we really deal with this? And don't text message. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever done voice to text? And you say something, and all of a sudden you just hit send, and then you look at it, and you go, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, oh my gosh. The other day I did a voice to text, and I just hit send, and my son goes, Dad, don't you read it first? I go, you know what? I should, huh? It's like, man, what's wrong with us? You see, when you deal with it at once, it gets resolved. Don't postpone it. Now, unless you're totally exhausted, because nobody ever fights at a normal time. Have you ever noticed that? If you're married especially, look, there might be tension in the daytime. 
And then you try to text, but they can't use their phone at work, so you can't even text. And then they finally get home, and, and she or he says, we need to talk. Yeah, you're right, we need to talk. But we got to feed the kids, we got to eat. Yeah, you're right. So then you make dinner. But you're all tense, but you're there chopping. It's like, man, <laughs> that chopping board's going, well, they're mad again today, you know. And then you cook and you eat. We need to talk. Well, let's clean the kitchen. Yeah, you're right. So you clean up the kitchen. We need to talk, but we need to put the kids to bed. Yeah, you're right. You put them to bed. We need to talk. Well, tonight's Thursday. It's our, it's our favorite TV program. Let's at least watch that to kind of calm down. Yeah, you're right. So then the TV program's over. Now you say, we need to talk, but now you're falling asleep. Your eyes are crisscross. Your eyes look like a, you look like a chameleon. Your eyes are going all over the place, man. And you're like, man. So you know what you do? Oh, you don't even care. You're falling asleep on me. No, I'm not falling asleep. I do care, but I'm exhausted. So you call a timeout and you go, okay, look, what are you doing tomorrow at 10 in the morning? Nothing. Why? Okay, put it in your calendar right now. Let's finish the fight. <laughs> But all kidding aside, you say, let's resolve this conflict. Let's take the time out to take care of this before it takes care of us. The E, the first E, so it's P-E-A-C-E. The E is empathize. Empathize with their feelings. Feel their feelings. Feel what they might be going through. Try to look through their eyes. Try to look through their shoes. What might they be feeling as they're going through this and they're experiencing this, what might they be processing, and try to think from their point of view. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. In other words, look through their eyes. Take an interest. That word in the Greek is, Scopus, and that scopus is where we get the word scope. In other words, focus, really scope in, really look really good, pay attention to what the needs are. When you're upset, you're only trying to look at your needs. I'm so mad, I can't believe that they did that to me. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe they said that about me. I can't believe me, 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 me. And said, say, wow. My husband's usually not like that. He's really loving and caring. My wife is usually really understanding. So something must be going on with her because she's not herself. My children usually aren't so rebellious. Sometimes they might argue, but no, this is way out of character. Something must be wrong. My parents usually aren't like this. Something must be wrong. See, you process it through and you start realizing something must be wrong because they're not being themselves. And instead of just protecting you, but I can't believe you you said that. I can't believe you did that. Instead, you say, okay, what's going on? Because you know what? You usually don't do these kind of things, and you're doing it now. Empathize with them. Understand that. And then the A is for attack. Attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Look, sometimes we start getting real ugly. Look, like, let's say you're looking for the car keys, and let's say in your house, you have a little place where you hang the car keys. And you go to get the car key, and you go, bah, the car keys aren't here. So you go, hey, hon, hey, babe, where's the car keys? I, I hung them. Well, they're not here. 
babe, they're right there. I didn't, they're not here. I'm telling you they're not here. You didn't put them back. Oh, you're just like your mother. Your mother never puts anything back. You're just like your father. Ah, he never puts anything back. What does her father and mother have anything to do with this? But now you're bringing in the aunts and uncles and brothers. All of you Mansfields are the same. All of you Sanchez's are the same. All of you, all of this, all of that. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, how do you know? Yeah. I've been there too. See, instead, don't get all crazy. Really empathize and go, okay, what's going on? What's happening here? Something's happening, and instead of attacking them, I'm going to attack the problem. Okay, what's the problem? It's not you. You always do this. No, I didn't. Where were the keys yesterday? Right there on the hook. You never put them back. Where were they yesterday? There on the hook. So always and never keep them out of your conversation because always and never are words that trigger stuff. So try not to use them. Try not to say them. So attack the problem. Okay, what's the problem? We can't find the keys. Okay, where do you remember putting the keys? I promise, babe, I put them on the hook. And all of a sudden you look on the floor and there they are. Mira nomás. Ah, look. How embarrassing. They fell down. Okay. I take back everything I said about you. Everything I said about your mom and dad, I still mean. No, 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 don't say that. But see, we start getting crazy because we're attacking the person instead of the problem. Engage your mind before you engage your mouth. Think of what you're going to say before it comes out of your mouth. Think of how you're going to say it. Because, man, we can say some really ugly things. Look what it says right there in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Paul the Apostle right there says, don't use foul or abusive language. He goes, let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So think of what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Don't just go off condemning everyone and attacking everyone and criticizing everyone and beating everyone down and saying all these crazy foolish things. Instead, be loving and caring and do it the right way. Do it in a way that heals. Don't attack the person but the problem. And then the letter C is for cooperate. Cooperate as much as possible. Be a bridge builder. Build bridges to the person. Build bridges to the situation. Build bridges to the people involved. Don't be a demolisher. Don't be in there demolishing the bridges and tearing them down and saying, you know what, don't ever come and talk to me again. There's a line, don't ever cross it. Oh my gosh, calm down. Nah, don't tell me to calm down. Who do you think you are to tell me what to do? There you go, trying to control everything again. Oh my gosh, chill out. Don't tell me to chill out. I like to be heated. It's like, oh, then, man, let me throw some water on you. I don't want water. It's like, oh my gosh, man. Good thing that has never happened in your house. <laughs> Aren't we crazy? We're childish. We're childish. We act like little brats. That's mine. That's my ball. That's mine. That's my remote control. That's mine. 
like, oh my gosh, cooperate, get along. Look what he says. Look what Roman, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So he's saying, do all that you can. They might not want to live at peace, but you can. You don't have to be the instigator. You don't have to be the one keeping it going. You need to be able to say, offer your hand across to try to bring peace. If they slap your hand, there's nothing else you could do. I'll never forget one time this guy wanted to kill me because, no, really, no, really, it's, it's not funny. How would you like a gun pointed at you, huh? Man. <laughs> no, but look, this guy broke into our church. And I was in Chicago, and this lady calls me from the neighborhood. Brother Richard, this dude broke in the church, and he's stealing all kinds of stuff. And I can see him from here in my house. He's carrying it to this other house across behind the church. And, and he was stealing lumber and boombox. He was taking all kinds of stuff. So I go, well, call 911. And, and so then, meanwhile, I called my wife, and I called my son, and I called Pastor Michael, I called David Krantz, and I go, hey, man, they're breaking into the church. The guy's right in the middle of it right now. I called 911. Well, they caught the guy, and they caught him red-handed. So then the guy calls me from jail, and he goes, Brother Richard, please don't press charges. And I go, well, I'm not pressing charges. They caught you in the act. The state's pressing charges. Oh, but drop the charges. I'm not pressing charges. I wasn't even in the state. I'm in Chicago, dude. Well, I had got back now. And he's there. You know what? If you don't drop the charges, I'm going to kill you. I go, dude, don't say that. They're going to listen. You know what? So I hung up. And he called back. Don't ever hang up on me. You're dead. And then they did a drive-by shooting at my house. And I go, oh, I think he's serious. So now, because he threatened me and he intimidated me and he kept calling me, they gave him three additional years in prison. So now he really hated my guts. And I go, but I didn't press charges. You're the one that kept getting yourself deeper, dude. And oh no, so he finally gets out of prison. And the lady that called me happened to be his aunt. And she goes, hey, I don't know if you know, but this dude's out of prison now, and he's telling everyone he's going to kill you, and he's got a 357. I said, well, hmm, God, I really don't want to die yet. So how can I resolve this? So I, I kept trying to meet with the guy, and you're not, you know why you're dead, and okay. So then his uncle passed away. So I'm over there with the uncle, and I'm, over there with the family and praying and ministering and we're singing songs before the guy died. And it was a beautiful death, man. He just went singing into heaven. And so all of a sudden they come and tell me, hey dude, he's waiting outside for you. He's got his gun. They go, go, go. And I go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna run anymore. So he happened to come to the house because he wanted to see his uncle and I, I, I extended my hand, and I said, hey, look, I don't really know what's going on, but I hope you and I could talk, but can we have some peace? I don't even know why you're mad at me. And when I held my hand out, he spit, and I moved it in time. And I put my hand out again, and he slapped it like that. And I go, well, that didn't go good. 
So he went inside, and I went back inside. I was praying with the family, and when I came out, he was sitting on my car. And everyone's freaking out. And I said, well, if he kills me, I love you guys. Tell my wife and kids I love them. So I went up to him, and I go, hey, before you shoot me and before you kill me, please tell me what happened so I can make it right. Why didn't you drop charges? I, I didn't press charges. The state did. Well, I know, but still, you, you help all these people. You could have helped me. I go, I did. I kept hanging up on you because you were getting yourself deeper. And he pulls a gun out, and he pointed at me, and he's shaking. He's like, oh, I want to blow you away, but I love you, man. You've always been there for me. And then he handed me the gun, and he gave me a big hug, and it had a happy ending. No, he didn't shoot me, and I didn't shoot him, you know. <laughs> but... Those are intense moments, guys. Those are tense moments. And unfortunately, I've been through more than just one. I own three guns from people that were going to shoot me because I tried to talk them out of other whatever they were going, and they got mad at me, and they then put the, turned it on me. Hopefully, you never have to go through that. But cooperate as much as you can. Do whatever you can to make things right. It says... On your part, he says right there, do all things you can on your part to live at peace with everyone. Do everything you can because sometimes there's some people that are irregular people. They're not very nice people. They're kind of mean people. Haven't you ever met mean people? And you know what's really sad? Sometimes in the church, there are mean people. Someone told me the other day, pastor, sheep bite. And I went, I know, <laughs> but they do. But God wants us to make things right. He wants us to be able to bring peace, order. And then the last letter, E, is for empathize. Empathize reconciliation, not resolution. Now, let me tell you the difference. Reconciliation is restoring back to its original condition. It's resolving problems. But resolution is just, well, you come to an agreement that, okay, well, you, you have to agree to that. You have to, that's a resolution. No, sometimes, man, reconciliation focuses on the relationship where resolution focuses on the issue. God wants us to focus on each other. God wants us to help each other. God wants us to strengthen each other. Look, I've said it before, and, I, and we kind of joke about it, but there's no joke about it, that the reality is the psychologists and those that study say that the average man speaks 15,000 words in a day. The average woman speaks 27,000 words in a day. So we, we can't even keep up with you ladies. You guys outspeak us. You guys just go, 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 go. And, and our little brains could only handle between fifteen to 12,000 words. So man, a man only speaks about 15,000 words. So man, when we finally get home, we don't have very many words left. And you ladies have a whole bunch left. And that's why there's so much tension sometimes because a man, literally, he no longer is processing that's clear. 
So you need to help each other. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, he says right there, for all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciliation to him. We are to be reconciled first to God and then to one another. And we're to help people do that. God models this for us. He showed us what it was like to be a peacemaker. And he wants us to be at peace one with the other. And he wants us to make sure that we get things right. That's why in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 15, he says, let the person, I mean, let the let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. He's saying, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So when you start getting all riled up, let the peace of God start slowing you down. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. God, thank you, thank you. God, help me, God. I don't want to say anything dumb to my wife. God, please, I don't want to be ugly to my kids. God, please protect me from being ugly to my husband. God, protect me from being ugly to my parents. God, protect me from getting fired at work because I'm uptight. Help me to be respectful to my overseers. God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Because let me tell you something. When you have peace with God, then you get the peace of God, and he keeps you from getting dumb. And he helps you to be a peacemaker. And the missing piece in Christ is the peace of Christ. And some of you are really battling. And you're really hurting. And you're really falling apart. And you're just saying, like, what's wrong with me? And God is saying, I want to reach into your life and I want to help you. But you're not even at peace with me. You don't even have peace. You've never accepted me as Savior and Lord. You're not at peace with God. How can you have peace horizontally when you don't have peace vertically? And you've got to make things right with God. Some of you already have Jesus Christ, but you're really bugged with God over something. Maybe things didn't go quite how you planned. Your husband walked out on you and you believed, 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 believed. Your wife just skipped town and you're like, what happened? How did this happen? Your children are going left gutter and you've done everything the best you know how. Your parents are just not even there for you and you're falling apart. Your siblings don't even talk to you and you're just trying to be a loving, kind sister or brother. Or I could go on and on and on. And you're saying, what's wrong with this picture? Help me, God. Help me to do the things you want me to do. And God is saying, I want to pull you in. I want to make things right. I want to give you the peace of God. I want you to be a peacemaker. And that isn't always easy, but it's definitely possible. So first, if you've never made peace with God and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That's where it starts. And if you've never done that and you want to do that tonight and receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, raise your hand say, Pastor, that's me. I've never done that, and tonight I'm going to do that. Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're tired. You're exhausted of being at war with God and with everyone else. So if you raised your hand, would you stand so I could pray for you and with you? Congregation, would you pray with 
my brother, just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm not right with you, God. I play part sometimes. But today I'm being honest. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I need your forgiveness. And I want you to make me whole. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Gentlemen, can I just give you a big high five? Can you come up here real quick? This is an exciting day. An exciting, exciting day. Brother, God bless you. I'm so happy for you to get right again. To get right again. I love you, brother. I mean that. I'll be here for you, okay? Pastor Chris wants to just process some stuff with you. All right? Know you're loved. Praise God. Amen. And you know what? Some of you are at war with God. Or you're at war with somebody. And you're saying, well, I'm not at war with them. They're at war with me. Well, either way, guess what? There's no peace, that's for sure. There's no peace. Well, if they just got right, look, let me tell you something. The one closest to God will take the first step. So I encourage you right now to take the first step and say, God, I I need peace and I need a plan. Show me how to do that. I want to empathize with their situation and I don't want to attack them. I want to attack the problem. And God, I really need to bring correction and I need direction and I want to really focus and empathize on reconciliation, not on resolution. So if that's you and and there's something you want to surrender to God tonight, I encourage you to come up right now as we sing this song. So would you stand to your feet and if you want prayer, and it might be for something else, you might just need prayer for a situation that you're overwhelmed with. But make your way up right now so we could pray with you. Just ask God to just turn your situation around and say, God, I, I don't want this anymore. I want freedom. Amazing love that welcomes me. Just say, God, help me. Strengthen me right now. Empower me. Say, God, I need wisdom and understanding what to do. Let me leave with a plan, Lord. Let me leave with a plan of action. Let me do it the new way, the right way. And no longer tear it apart. But to really, really trust you. And to seek you. And to cooperate as much as I can. Sing it out, would you? Even though you didn't come up, make that your altar right now. If there's someone in your life that you need to make right, say, God, show me how to do it. I don't want to carry this on any longer. I really want healing. I want full recovery. 
Let's sing. And let's sing it out as a prayer song. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for how you're ministering to us right now. Father, you're revealing things to us. You're showing us us. You're showing us us in the mirror. We're seeing the things that we've done wrong. Oh, we sure can point out the things they did wrong easily. But Lord, tonight, would you show us what we've done wrong so we can make things right? Father, I pray for healing, reconciliation, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, might we make things right with you first and foremost. And then, Father God, I pray that, Lord, we can make things right with the person that we have the issue with. Help us to be those peacemakers, I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. Oh, God, you're so good. Oh, let's try to sing. God, you're so good. Come on, let's try. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good to We celebrate the Lord tonight and what he's going to do. Amen. Hey, church, tonight, let the word spoken tonight be indwelled in your heart and your spirit and the very inner parts of your being. Amen. So tonight, as you, as you dismiss, I say, show somebody some love and tell somebody that you love them. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Don't forget, Saturday is our trunk or treat. Amen. So uh, go ahead and invite everybody you know.